It's doubtful there's a Christian parent on the planet Earth who doesn't want to raise children of integrity. But being a parent of integrity is a prerequisite to building children of integrity. Integrity is a quality of character that even a person without a faith background can appreciate, can accept, and promote. Though as Christians, it's a hallmark of the Holy Spirit living within us. A testimony to light being greater than darkness, to good being greater than evil. It's the evidence that one's selfish interests are subordinate to the greater and more transcendent good of the masses. It's what God wants in us to properly represent Him and to serve Him. And that's what we want in our kids, too, as they represent us and do things for our namesake. As Christians, though, our integrity may be our greatest means of proving God's authority in our lives. Consider it worship in the truest sense. So how do we raise up or build children of integrity? Well, let's find out next on Licensed to Parent. Hello and welcome to Licensed to Parent, helping you address the more challenging topics that parents deal with every day, all from the perspective of a biblical worldview. Our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, when we think about being and raising people of integrity, I would think that the meaning of that term would be rather self-evident, but you don't think so. So what are we talking <laughs> about here? Well, well, the word integrity, uh, like so many terms today, is another, another word that's, that's slowly being redefined from its original meaning and intent. Uh, more and more, Rich, in- integrity is about taking care of number one. It's about being true to yourself, you know, whatever that actually means. Uh, there used to be a self-sacrificial component to the term integrity that, you know, seems to be ebbing away in recent times. Uh, integrity also used to involve uh, people adhering to a moral principle or principles that transcended their own individual interests and desires. It, it could cost someone time, money, reputation, maybe even their life to remain steadfast to the right thing. Uh, but the right thing uh, was always assumed, understood, and accepted by the masses and was always something that we, you know, it was good for the masses sure. and not just the individual. Uh, just one small example of what I'm talking about as it relates to parenting anyway is is the fact that people used to stay married for the sake of their kids, uh, the greater society, and, and, and for God till death do us part. Remember those vows? They required sacrifice and commitment that put others ahead of self. Both of these things used to be considered acts of integrity. In many circles, commitment and putting others interest ahead of self is now considered foolishness or being a chump uh, because today, you know, too often an individual's personal happiness is the preeminent priority. And, and look, there's nothing wrong with individual happiness unless it's a, a blight on the masses or the, or the greater good of all parties concerned. Uh, like we always say, you know, there are a lot of happy drunks, uh, a lot of happy drug addicts, pimps, perverts, prostitutes, pornographers, and pedophiles walking around out there. They're happy doing that. Another example is when school teachers would, and you remember this too, you know, they call a parent report, little Johnny was disruptive in school, and parents would, you know, pretty much always side with the school teacher right off the bat for the sake of objective truth and what's best for not just little Johnny, but what's best for the entire class. I'd, I'd like to point out I was never the troublemaker <laughs> who got a call from the yeah, teacher. Yeah, me neither. Go, go ahead, though. Today, though, if, if little Johnny reports you know, a different perspective on the situation from the teacher's perspective, you know, parents are just kind of, they're just too quick to side with their kid. And the teachers then put on trial for unfairly singling out little Johnny for whatever reason. And now we're seeing that a lot of these self-centered, entitled little spoiled brats have grown up only to march and riot in the streets for any number of self-serving and illogical causes. 
So, you know, in these, in these kinds of cases, both the child and the parent can be guilty of exercising a lack of integrity, in my opinion, resulting in a zero-sum benefit for everyone. It takes integrity to say, yeah, you know what, maybe my kid is the problem. You know, maybe he is the bad crowd, and then deal with things accordingly. And maybe these things aren't the best examples of integrity or the benefits of integrity, but in any case, building children of integrity, as God defines integrity, should be the goal of any parent who claims to be a child of God. Well, we have invited the lady who wrote the book on this subject to join our conversation today. Her name is Karen Budzinski, and she's the author of How to Build Children with Integrity. As I said, she wrote the book on it. (laughs) Karen teaches a class called Building Better Relationships, which she uh, has several times a year. She's also president and chairman of the board for Vision Hope, which is a nonprofit organization that helps abused, abandoned, and neglected children. Karen and her husband, Gary, reside in Michigan. They have five adult children, ten granddaughters, and four grandsons. That in and of itself uh, gets her a spot on the Licensed to Parent program. She's got some experience here. But together, she and Gary have also become certified presenters of the National Center for Biblical Parenting Curriculum, Cooperation, Consequences, and Keeping Your Sanity. And, Trace, I think we should probably ask her to stay around after today's program for a private counseling session for the two of us. There you go. Karen, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. The title of your book is How to Build Children of Integrity. Uh, but before we can build children of integrity, shouldn't we all agree that, you know, what integrity actually means? How, how should we define that? Well, I like what you were saying at the start of the program. Even though society has trended against strong integrity and made excuses for the lack of integrity, mm-hmm. it's kind of like weeds that have been growing up in the garden of society, and eventually those weeds will choke out the good stuff. Right. And I believe that in the end, although sometimes it's too late to really redeem the situation, in the end, the lack of integrity will show itself. And so I believe that integrity is consistent. It can be counted on, even though social trends might might war against it and those weeds might want to choke it out. In the end, integrity is what is going to stand strong. And I believe when we can go back to the Bible and know and count on that for the ways of life and the instructions in righteousness to consider others better than ourselves, to deny ourselves, that those are the things that are consistent, the marks of an integratable person who's following the ways of God, and that will give you purpose and give you victory in your life and in the lives of our children. Absolutely. So for the Christian parent, Uh, Can integrity exist without a common moral standard? No, integrity isn't a line that's movable. Integrity is something that you can count on, and you you have to see the whole picture. And so as we're raising our children, a lot of times we can see as we're training them, I counsel a lot of parents that will discipline or correct their child using the same negative attribute that they're trying to correct in their child. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important, the dual meaning of the title, how to build children with integrity, as you were saying, Rich, to build children with integrity, we have to have integrity. So it's how to build children with your integrity. And then our desire is to pass that integrity on to our children. Well, we, I think, can all recognize the the fact, though, that in recent years, societies have grown apart 
and I'm not just talking about American culture versus European culture versus African culture, but uh, you know, even within cities, we've got different groups with different mindsets and all like this. So uh, I guess, again, back to Trace's point, we do need to have a central point of reference. And I think I'm hearing you say that apart from that, raising kids of integrity is not going to be easy, if even possible at all. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the words of God will never pass away. And when we define success like he does in his word, saying that if we are going to have good success, we're going to meditate on his word day and night. And therein, our way will be prosperous and we will have good success. Not only will we live with integrity and follow Christ's principle on this earth, resulting in a victorious life on earth, but we will also have eternity. Speaking of success, Karen, in your book, you say uh, sometimes the things that are happening to you are accomplishing things in you that will ultimately demonstrate success through you. Can you flesh that out? Yes. A lot of times when you're busy going through your routines in your day, you have your mind on getting to the soccer game or Uh, getting through the school day, or getting done with homework. However, when your child is wrestling with maybe laziness or lack of attention, or maybe they're not considering another teammate in a sports game, and you're focused on the wrong thing, you will miss the bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. The bigger purpose is that you can use the things that are inter- seem like interruptions to our day to get to the real matters of the day, which are to build that integrity in your children through the obstacles that come their way. And so if you have your definition of success tuned in to success is building integrity into your children, then an interruption, so to speak, to your game, your school day, or whatever it is, won't really be an interruption because you'll know that it's time to take time out from what the day is demanding to address the lack of integrity, the lack of living out principles in your children. And then you will realize that Mm -hmm. those other things can sometimes be a distraction from you Mm -hmm. building your children with integrity that will help them to go through the storms of life. Mm -hmm. So am I hearing you talk about teachable moments? Exactly. And my book is really trying to help parents in busy lifestyles to take and maximize their moments to build something lasting Mm -hmm. and something with integrity principles, a strong foundation along the way. Yeah. There's an old saying, the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Karen, I'm I'm curious about this. I I know at least in in my life, I've probably learned more through my mistakes than I have through my successes. And uh, for our kids, it's no different. Um, But a lot of people, I think, view integrity in concert with uh, perfection. You know, if you're going to be a person of integrity, you're not going to make all these mistakes. And perfectionism, I would imagine, can really get in the way of our teaching our kids to be children or future adults of integrity. Can you speak to that, how perfectionism might get in the way? Yes. You know, there's a difference between perfectionism and a pursuit of excellence. 
God wants us to have a pursuit of excellence, but yet we know that if we say we haven't sinned, then we are liars and the truth isn't even in us. Right. I believe that God has given us all different gifts and different strengths and different weaknesses. And in scripture, we are so well aware of people's weaknesses because I believe that God wanted to indelibly imprint on us the fact that you do not have to be everything to be something and that our weaknesses do not define us. Mm. And in our weaknesses, we can be strong because he puts his strength in us. And so I believe that it's important to pursue excellence without getting tripped up by perfectionism. And I also believe that it's important to celebrate who you are without looking and being eclipsed by who you aren't. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be everything, but I refuse to be less than who God created me to be. And with that, we can put to rest any thoughts of perfectionism stopping us from running the race. For a parent who may be wrestling with this and they they want to keep guiding their child correctly without smashing him or her into the pavement along the way, have you got any uh, any any common sense examples of, of how one might face failure in integrity in his or her child and turn that around for good? Right. I believe that we have our children for 18 years. I try to keep telling my children that because sometimes we expect to give them instructions and the ways of life and expect them to take notes and just do it. But they're going to be around a long time and we can keep repeating those those little tests and, and those little lessons so that they can keep growing in areas that they're weak in. I believe like, say for example, that um, I had a child that uh, was at, at a sports team that was called up to a higher level, but he was sitting on the bench. And he kept thinking, why am I not in the game? They're all against me. And I encouraged him to go to the coach and find out ways that he could improve his game to get him off the bench. So he worked things through with his coach to get back in the game without you know, using blame or entitlement or um, maybe victimization um, to keep himself disgruntled on the bench. So there's those things that come up that you want to use in your child's life to teach them how to work through that adversity to live out integrity. So, so I'm hearing you say that you did not jump out of the stands and run over to the coach and demand that your child be put in the game. No, because there is, like you said, there is a bigger picture here. Oh, yeah. The thing that you want to do, first of all, is to... And reinforce authority. Once we undermine authority in our children's life, we are inadvertently and sometimes not even purposefully, but we're undermining the authority of God in our child's life. We're saying that an authority is only an authority when we agree with them. And it is so important to acknowledge authorities in our children's life and in our own lives that they are authorities that need to be respected even when we don't understand or agree with everything they do. No, you're, you're exactly That's right. That's a great point. I think one of the problems that, that, that parents make is, you know, junior uh, is their whole life. Uh, and I, I think that we don't train our kids to see themselves as part of a greater whole. They're the end all sometimes. And, you know, whatever makes my kid smile, whatever keeps him satisfied or content, 
that's what has to be carved out for Junior so that his way is smooth and there's no there's nothing, you know, drawing him back from all that he can be. Failing to realize that the it is the adversity in life that will help make him all he can be. Can you speak to that? Isn't that beautiful that God gave us such a insightful parable to our relationship with him when he allows us to have children? Mm-hmm. Because we get a perception that we can never have without children because we start to see who we are as his child and how God disciplines us and how he instructs us and how he uses things in our lives and turns all those things to good when we're called according to his purpose. And when we start to see raising children, when we start to realize all the different things that we want to give our children and how some of the best things that we give them are the ability to deny themselves, to put other people first. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that go against our you know, get all you can mentality that we, right. we feed in society sometimes and, and how we can learn the ways that we can see God as our father is going to be um, a parable of how we raise our children. And so I mm. think that when you have children, it inspires and compels you to get to know your relationship as a child of God in a better way, too. We're talking today with author Karen Budzinski. She's author of the book, How to Build Children with Integrity. You can find that book on Amazon or wherever you find books. You can also find it on her website, karenbudzinski.com, and that's B-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I, karenbudzinski.com. This is Licensed to Parent, back with more conversation right after this. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org.
And welcome back to Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online as well as all of our past programs at LicensedToParent.org. That's LicensedToParent.org. And today we're talking with author Karen Budzinski. She's author of the book, How to Build Children with Integrity, about this topic of what integrity even is, how we as parents can establish integrity in our own lives, and then uh, in that way better pass it on to our kids. Karen, uh, one of the, I guess, interesting challenges is we as Christian parents want to do this. We have a a central point of reference. Uh, Hopefully, we are operating within a biblical worldview. But to be quite honest, I see a lot of examples of children with integrity and, and adults with integrity in people who have no faith background at all. How, how do we explain that? What's their point of reference here? Well, some of the things that make for integrity are just principles that give us victory in life. And that's why God has those things for us is because he knows they will give us victory in life. Everybody can acknowledge some of the things that make for an Olympic champion, which is denying themselves for a greater purpose. Considering the end as bigger than the things in the beginning, they can acknowledge that hard work and discipline pays off, and it will put you a step ahead. It will Mm -hmm. give you the excellence and help you to rise above the norm and above mediocre. And I believe all parents want that for their children, but they don't understand how to implement that in daily life so that their child will be that Olympic champion, so to speak, when they get um, into high school years and be able to meet the challenges in their lives. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of parents out there that, uh, uh, though I I have to say, they don't stretch their kids to do much of anything. Um, A lot of the kids that come here to Shepherd's Hill, they don't know how to sweep a floor. They don't know how to uh, swing a hammer or cut a board or uh, start a fire or read read a tape measure. And what I have found is that when you actually make these kids do these things, they then acquire appetites for these things, and they, they feel better about themselves, and they're, con- they're contributing. And uh, what's it going to take for parents to get off the couch a little bit and, 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 and light a fire under their kids to, to, to I, I, people hate this word, but force them to do some things, jump-starting them in, in, a, in a direction to where they become more assertive and uh, it's where they can feel better about themselves. It, is there an unpardonable sin involved in the equation of making your kid do something he doesn't like? I think that parents, they sometimes, without even meaning to, they just get so caught up in you know, the busyness mm-hmm. and their, what they're doing in their lives that they don't see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times you see your little child lying there and parents want to just revolve their world around their children and then all of a sudden they realize that their children think that they're the sun and everybody else is the planets and that we're just going to revolve their, our lives around them. But yeah. I feel that once a parent starts to realize that some of the best things that they can do or give their children is building self-denial and discipline and hard work ethics and not giving them things. Mm-hmm. I heard um, the Chris Helmsley, he played Thor, and even a well-known movie star was saying that he did not want his children to not know the joys of 
not being able to have something unless they really worked hard Amen. for it Amen. and then working hard for it and then achieving it. So I think, you know, we're starting to see in an entitled society that sure. it's not giving us the end result we want. Mm-hmm. And so it's helping us to analyze and look and see what we can do at the beginning of the process to get better results. Yeah. And that's where you're going to learn to not just watch your children, but to train them. Yeah. I think that entitled society started in my generation, and it's just gone to an illogical extreme. Well, actually, a logical extreme, which has ended up in a lot of illogic. But uh, why is being content so important? We talk about you know success and pushing our kids to do greater things, but you also talk about contentment. And why is that so important toward building uh, uh, his or her integrity? Contentment is so far-reaching. It doesn't only involve material goods that you possess, but it also involves who you are Mm -hmm. and what you have and what your strengths are. Contentment is such a necessary prerequisite in order for you to utilize the things that you are and have to do incredible things with. Otherwise, we're always looking at the thing that we don't have and making that the excuse for why we can't prosper and thrive where we're at. And so I believe that being able to say it is enough, we are enough, what we have is enough to use Mm -hmm. and make an impact in our world and in other people's lives, contentment will enable you to use everything you have despite what you don't have to achieve incredible results. And it'll lead to gratitude, which is good for mental health. Uh, but, but can you help parents uh, find that line of demarcation between contentment and complacency? Yes, contentment is a strength and complacency can be a weakness. I believe that I've um, been in countries where they have nothing and yet they still are focused on building strong families and they're still focused on coming out and using what they have to share with other people. And that is a strength. Mm-hmm. When you're complacent, you're going to just stay on the couch and think that you don't have anything to make an impact in your world. Complacency, it kind of robs you of the ability to use what you have to make an impact and to live victoriously. Amen. Very good. Well, our time has run out for today, Karen. I'm sorry about that, but um, we've certainly got enough material to invite you back on the program at another time. And by the way, I know you've also written another book called How to Build an Enduring Marriage. Uh, If you've got an enduring marriage, that's the first step toward an enduring family. So we'd we'd like to have you back on to talk about that as well. Uh, So thank you. Thank you for being on Licensed to Parent today. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you. It was definitely a privilege. We've been talking today with author Karen Budzinski, author of the book, How to Build Children with Integrity, and as I just mentioned, also How to Build an Enduring Marriage. You'll find those books on Amazon or on her website, KarenBudzinski.com. That's Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Budzinski, B-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I, KarenBudzinski.com. And of course, this is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. And remember that the work that we do here on Licensed to Parent is merely an extension of the work done every day inside the gates of Shepherd Hill Academy. It's our goal to export some of what we've learned so that you can be more intentional as a parent and, with God's help, avoid the need for a residential program for one of your kids. 
You can help the work we do continue through your gift to Licensed to Parent. And by the way, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Residential programs are expensive, and your gift can help families who can't afford residential care for their team get the help they need. You can give securely online when you visit LicensedToParent.org and click the Donate button. And as always, thank you for your support. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosel, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.